Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to part two of Insane in the Membrane with Mark Steele. Insane in the Membrane. Before we get into it, some shout-outs uh, uh, and some lovely messages for people. Thank you for getting in touch. Uh, Jimmy Dibble, excellent, he says, five stars. Thank you, Jimmy Dibble. Really appreciate that, mate. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Booberella22, yes, Booberella22. Thank you for your continued support. You're amazing. Thank you so much for tuning into what we do. Please spread the word as you all do. Uh, that'd be lovely. Uh, VW George 1982 thanks VW George thanks mate really appreciate that it's really nice to know that you're enjoying it thank you so much uh, Seamus is a girl's name uh, I believe that's what that says uh, thank you Seamus is a girl's name really appreciate that thank you so much for tuning in it's a real pleasure to have you on board Flash Tag Developments alright Tash nice one mate thank you very much for being involved again really appreciate that very kind of you all um, really, honestly to everybody that sends messages and 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 give us these uh, these reviews and, and everything we really do appreciate it and these five star reviews help us get pushed up the charts and more people get involved more people get into our little club really do appreciate it thank you so much I'm currently sat in my car in, in Wales a little town of Bethlehem and uh, I'm having to record this in my car um, yeah I'm away gigging at the moment I'm gigging in uh, where am I? I'm in Aberystwyth tonight, which would be very nice. Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, where am I? Matlock, where the great film uh, Dead Man's Shoes was filmed. One of my favourite films. Love that film. So I'm looking forward to getting to Matlock. So yeah, where were we? Oh yeah, uh, we were at Comedy Central talking to Mark Steele about ducking out of school at an early age. Yeah, just sort of. I mean, I just used to. I mean, I just used to. I just pissed around, really. I wasn't. I wasn't good. I'm not an advert for leaving school. At, at, you know, no, I'm not proud of it in any way at all. I mean, I, I just. Um, I just. I had some all sorts of stupid. Well, not stupid jobs. They were jobs, but I had sort of jobs, and sometimes I was unemployed, and then I just used to get drunk, really, and go up yeah. the dart, play darts badly in the pub. <laughs> My ambition. I remember this. This was. This is true. I, I used to go down the Woodman in Swanley. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one or two pubs. The Woodman's sort of. You could almost say there's one pub in Swanley because the Woodman's slightly outside officially. But let's say it is. So I would go down the Woodman, and uh, I'd go down there probably about four nights a week. But Friday was the big night, and I'd go straight from work, and I used to drink eight. Pints, so I'm like 16, 17. Bloody I hell, drink, I couldn't drink eight pints now. It's no, small. God, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't drink 
four points. I was say like four is about the most I can have. Yeah, it? I'd feel yeah. really that would be. I I wouldn't even want to do that. And uh, but eight points and my ambition I was really driven by this was to one week have nine points. <laughs> <laughs> I was really yeah, yeah, good yeah. enough and that it was, was a bit of me because I have got drive I'm not like these <laughs> other people who are just content to stay where they are in life I am going somewhere and I and <laughs> yeah the toilet <laughs> and I can't remember if I, I hope I didn't you know but Oh, I used to get so drunk, and it was just—I was a terrible mess, really. Yeah, same. And then I hated yeah. being at home, and I didn't get on with me. My dad was in a, a asylum by then. Bloody hell! First of all, um, I suppose we ought to talk about that, shouldn't we? Is that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> given the premise of the, the podcast. But the uh, yeah, me, me, yeah, me dad uh, by then was in this home, right? And these were your adopted parents. Were, yeah, right. so I was adopted at a very young age. Uh, so they were me mum and dad. That's all I, I ever knew uh, was them being me mum and dad. Yeah. And and then me dad, oh, I don't know. I think he would be called manic depressive if he was around okay. today or bipolar. Sorry, yeah. that's out of date, isn't it? So he'd be called bipolar, I think, because he would have periods where he was really almost like a coke addict. Yeah, he'd be yeah, sort of yeah. like... Right, yeah. <laughs> and then he'd have, and because he was the insurance man, right? So that was his job. He'd go around, knock on the doors, and he'd be all, you know, yeah. all right, hello, Elsie, hello, love. All right, how all you right. doing? Uh, yeah, how's the old man? All right, is his back all right? There you go, darling. See you next week, one and six. Yeah, that was his job. And uh, then, and then if he sold any bits of insurance, then he got a little bit of commission on that. Right. So there'd be like, and he would make a few bob and then he'd just blow it on mm. shite, you know, which is a very up in the bipolary sort yeah, of thing yeah, to do, yeah. I gather. So I remember one day, but I used to like, you know, he'd, he'd take me out and stuff. So there'd be days, I remember one day he went, look, look, right. Now, here, watch what I do here, right? Smart. And so there was a thing in the local paper that there was a big sale, everything must go, up in Westminster. So very exciting. We went into yeah, London, right. which, you know, like you... Like we said people. earlier, yeah. Yeah, that was a rare thing. And I went with my dad, we went into London, and we went to this... It was just a great big market stall in this big hall with a bloke stood there with all this sort of 70s shite you know <laughs> there you go look at this there you go electric toothbrush look at these you've seen these on the telly you thought you'd never have one didn't you missus and all this but it was much bigger than a month or hundreds of people there I'll tell you what I've got six of them in a pack they're £35 or whatever it wouldn't be that much would it well I don't know they're, they're £5 each I'm not going to ask £5 each I'm not going to ask four free two all this yeah, £5 yeah, you can have the lot stick your hands up they've been on the telly police five I'm only joking Come on, before they all go, there you go, there you go, Kent, what, lady down there, all that. And my old man, I remember, we, and my old man just bought the fucking lot <laughs> and we loaded up the car with electric carving knives and all the old shit that used to be on the conveyor at the end of the generation. And we'd have all fucking an electric butter dish or something. And we got the fucking, there you are, see? And he'd go, there you go, son, she's smart, you know, that's what you'd have, you're the smart person. See, what I've done, I've gone up here and I've bought, and I thought, this is all shit, dude. And we got it, and we went in the loft and it stayed there. Till my fucking dad died. That was it. I moved out. It was never. It was just complete <laughs> rubbish. Because um, everything yeah. was like that. Work class people in those That's days. Right. It yeah. was like. Yeah. 
everything was I like, mate, yeah, 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 that's that it, sort of, yeah. You know, I remember someone getting me uh, a little model of a little tram. They'd been to the Isle of Man. Oh, yeah. And they bought me a little model tram. And I thought, what's... What do I do with that then? It's not one I can push along. I mean, yeah. it's a little model tram. I mean, Dad going, hey, look after that. That'll be worth a few bob in a few years. <laughs> it was. A... <laughs> I don't know. I wish I'd kept it. I'd wonder what it was yeah, worth yeah, now. Yeah. I, got, I should I... imagine five pence. <laughs> imagine that teach road joke. <laughs> Turning up on that. <laughs> and what have we got here? Oh, this is going to be the centrepiece of the programme tonight. <laughs> Hugh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I, well, it looks pretty. I keep it if I can. <laughs> yeah. Does it have sentimental value? Not really. I've been keeping it for 47 years. <laughs> My old man said it'd be worth a few bobbing years to come. Ah, was he in the antique business? <laughs> no, I've got a lot full of bread knives if you want them. <laughs> They're probably worth more than that. Yeah. I had, I, oh yeah, I got bought a gondola. All right. My nan, my my dad's mum went to went to Venice and got me this fucking gondola. And again, you couldn't push it along. So it's just this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This gondola on me yeah. on me window ledge. Still got it? No. <laughs> I think I burnt it. I think it got burnt. Loads of things got burnt when I was a kid. Burnt. Yeah, we were always setting fire to things when I was a kid. You're a bit pyromaniac. No, no, we just everything just seemed to be on fire when I was a kid. It wasn't me. It was Bored, like, what you should know, do? You just burn something. I set fire to the uh, <laughs> holiday present. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. That's cathartic. what we used to do, kids. But when it was only three channels, <laughs> just burn everything. <laughs> there it goes. There goes all the plates from Clavelli. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else to do. <laughs> but that's how it was. Just, we were always burning stuff or painting it. We was always just running around causing havoc somewhere, getting chased off stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. But your, do you think that affected your, because you were adopted and you, and you had that with your dad and do you think it had, do you think that's affected your relationship with your kids? It made it stronger? Well, you probably didn't think about it, I guess. I don't know. I don't... No. I mean, I don't... The thing is, I've not really... I was never really that close to me, me mum or dad, really. No. And so... Um, and I did feel a distance there. And I don't know, I never used to sort of... See, I never used to... The, the show I wrote about, because, I mean, it is... This is for another day, but, I mean, the the, the story of my adoption, it turns out, because it was mm. after my lad was born, I thought... I know this is true. I, I did this in that show, you know, that it was only really after he was born that I thought, oh, yeah, my mum who had me, she yeah. probably still remembers me, doesn't she? It never really <laughs> occurred to me up to then. I thought, yeah, people don't, they don't as forget. a rule, sort of, you know, get into old age and then go, oh, yeah. Didn't we used to have a son. <laughs> you do remember it. You do sort of. So, uh, I thought, I'm going to try and I'm try and find her. And so, uh, I, I never met her. Uh, but, oh really? No, I never met my natural mum, but I did track her down, yeah. and uh, she spoke to a sort of intermediary, mm. which is the way these things are done. Okay. Uh, and she spoke to the intermediary, and she she revealed the name of my natural father, which is not. I'd always been brought up to think he was just it was just a Frenchman. Right. Uh, I don't want to go into the old story because we were here for many many days, but I'd always thought it was just a random Frenchman, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
Just daddy's way and yeah, it's daddy's way and good healthy went. Uh, <laughs> Syndicate uh, yeah, initiative. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, if, oh, you learned that, something. Learned that, yeah, yeah. You should thank your teacher for that. <laughs> Terrified. I know the train company. Francis, <laughs> So there, yeah, that. But then it turned out that that was all made up, and in fact, my natural father was a. a, a extraordinarily wealthy man who was the ex uh, world backgammon champion at the top of, it, the top of uh, all manner of other things I did meet him Blimey. we met up yeah yeah. I'd like to meet him again yeah we got on He's, it, it, but he was very close he was part of the Claremont set okay which are the people who were um, who, who played backgammon in the Claremont club and so his associates who he formed companies with and all sorts and worked very closely with were uh, Jim Slater, Kerry Packer, James Goldsmith, uh, Tiny Rowlands and Lord Lucan. Bloody hell. Uh, and they were they were a sort of group, John Aspen who ran the, the place and they were, yeah, people whose sort of views probably would be a slight tangent of mine. Yeah. So uh, they were, so yeah, that, was Bloody very hell. peculiar. That must have blown your head off. Well, it that. was fascinating yeah. to me, as it is to anyone, as, to most people, really. But funny if it doesn't, I don't think it's affected me that much no. because I don't. It, it's much. I'm much more affected by my relationship with the people I knew as my mum and dad, just like anyone else would yeah, be, yeah, because yeah, they were yeah. the people who brought me up. Yeah, you didn't know but anything what about. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, what I don't know is whether I felt a disconnection. Um, with them because of some innate reason. I don't know. I was firmly, it's nurture, not nature. And now I, I think now it's clearly much more complex yeah, than that. Yeah, and I yeah, don't, yeah. I really, really don't know. It throws up, you know, that's thrown up all manner of weird things that make me think, oh Christ, that's really, <laughs> oh, that's really complicated. And uh, uh, I mean, I was a, I've got a mate who was, who knew Charles Sarchi. Right, and he asked, and he spoke to Charles Sarchi about, you know, my natural father, and didn't say the reason why he was asking about him. And Charles Sarchi went, he said, just went, oh yeah, oh god, that's Do you know what thing about him? Always wanted to be a comedian. That was his trouble. No. <laughs> and you're really good at backgammon. <laughs> I'm shit at backgammon. But yeah, that's knows, mad, you know, isn't it? But it's funny, isn't it? And so. I, you know, I don't know how much a personality and so on is inherited. I just don't know. Clearly, it has an impact. Clearly yeah, of course it does. It does yeah. But um, so it's it's a, a sort of baffling mixture of the two. I would say now. Yeah. But I didn't. But really, what's you know, the, it's my own mum and dad that made a mess of me. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, yeah. And it was odd there because I don't know what you did. You have a sort of, you know, did you were you able to talk? Not really. Mum and dad about not, anything or anything. We like never that. really, we never talked about anything really. No. Uh, not till later on. We didn't hug. We weren't a very tactile family. No. At all. My dad was very angry when I was growing up. There was really? a lot of resentment and yeah, he's a he's a good dude, and he, if you really need him to, he really is there for you. But he had such a shit upbringing. Right. And, you know, his mum was horrible. He's my nan. I didn't see my nan for fifteen years, and then she died, and I didn't even give a shit. Right. She was horrible. She hated boys. So yeah, my dad had two sisters, and they were they were doted on. Right. But my my dad was just just horrible. Put through the ringer. 
Mm. So he had a lot of anger and resentment when we were growing up. And it's only, this is, I've only worked this out in the last few years. Yeah. So yeah, we, it's only been in the last, yeah, since my lads were born that we've been able to talk about anything other than, you know. Funny, isn't it? Yeah. I know you that know. generation, you sort of think, yeah, it goes back and back and back. Yeah. My old man was awful, really. I mean, I, I had some nice, I've got nice memories yeah. of him, but. Do you I think that's you, you sorted out? It's like your brain just well, trying he, to find. He, he died long ago, you know, long, long ago. But uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he was, he could have been worse. That's, I can say mm. that about him. He could have been a lot worse. Yeah. You know, in the times. But then he was, he was in the war. He loved the war because he was in the navy, uh, and he was at Gibraltar, and he was all he. I mean, oh, he, right, he was part yeah. of that. You know, which I think some British people see the war as being a marvellous time. He, yeah. He did. He was lucky. Um, uh, I suppose there's no responsibility. Like, no every day. You haven't got to worry about bills and... Yeah, well, he'd have been thing, you know, 16. He left yeah. school at 14. He'd have been 16 when the war started. And then he was in the... He was training to be an engineer. He went out in the Navy. He went out to Gibraltar. Imagine that, 67. I mean, you know, talk about people now going, yeah. all, the, going all the way into London from... Orpington or Crystal Palace but at the time I mean going abroad I mean when I was a kid even <laughs> after he'd done this I remember like, and we were brought up in Kent and I remember saying to me dad about going to France yeah. you know like, <laughs> and he went what? <laughs> do you hear what he just said <laughs> he wants to go to France one day <laughs> you don't know hey come here you don't know come out some old rubbish don't you <laughs> France <laughs> Like, the, like they've gone, Dad, will we ever go to Venus? <laughs> yeah, you got it. In France. <laughs> and, uh, and yet, um, and yet yeah. you know, in the war, I don't know, I, there's, there's something I find puzzling about that sort of, a section of that generation, that they went out and they did this amazing thing and they, they sort of contributed to defeating Hitler with all the extraordinary sacrifices that entailed. And they came back... And then so many of them then just went in on themselves and just seemed yeah. to sort of, and that was their life. Then my, you know, when I was growing up, that was domestic life. Was we just sat there every day in the house, and then the telly come on That's at twenty it. to six for the news, and the telly was on all night. One of the three, one of the two channels, because we never watched That's BBC Two. <laughs> Do we watch BBC Two? If I've ever said that. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, we used to love BBC Two just before just before the news because it'd be Harold Lloyd and uh, oh, Charlie Chaplin oh, and all the old... Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I wish I'd... No. So I, that was... that was No, no. no, no <laughs> he didn't no. have any of that. Oh, I wish. Oh, Harold Lloyd and Chaplin. I'd have, yeah. Have, I'd have been in the element. Oh, we're in the Python. My mum and dad hated it. And it sort of... Of course, that made me love it even more. And I, could, it, I wasn't allowed to watch it. And then... If they were out or something, or yeah. sneak it on or something, they very rarely were out. Of course, uh, um, there was a lot of sitting around. There was always something. Around. There was always something boiling on the <laughs> on the on the cooker. <laughs> so like boiling some kind of waffle, <laughs> something. And then there was there was always bread and there was always dripping in the fridge. And there, but it was yeah, always dripping, yeah. yeah. My mum, my mum wasn't a great cook, so it was all. But my dad, my dad put up with it. It was all, but there was a lot of sitting around, and there was a you, lot. Could of, your dad cook? Yeah, well, it used to be an event. Dad would be like, "I'm going to make one of my curries." Oh, yeah. well, so they, right, oh, well, yeah. on all fronts, there then. So your dad cooked, and he made a curry. Yeah, 
No, I mean, my, I'm not trying to sort of be <laughs> out, you know, be like the, the four Yorkshiremen here. But <laughs> I, honestly, my dad, right, I, I, my mum had to go into hospital for a minor operation. She was going to be in there for three days. And as a result of that, we had meetings that lasted a week of how we were going to cope because my yeah, mum right, there, yeah. because my dad had never been in the kitchen and uh, she she peeled all these potatoes, cut them in half, put them in a big pot, a big pan, and then add, put the, with the water in. Now all you've got to do is turn it on and leave it for, for about you know. And then the idea of testing it to see whether the potatoes done would know no for x amount of minutes. That's it. Because even if she'd said you need to put the water in, she'd have been in hospital thinking he won't put the water. He'll forget. He's just it, got these potatoes. Yeah, no, unbelievable. You know the idea of me, Dad, just making a. Yeah, in a potato, it's totally beyond it. But hurry, yeah. I'm up to this day, you know, she's she's still, a, still around ninety four. Is she bloody hell? She's not. I would say I think she's eaten nine things in her life. Yeah, <laughs> all of them the same colour. Well, lettuce, yeah, maybe lettuce, beetroot, uh, lamb chop, potatoes, <laughs> carrots, Brussels sprouts, iron sponge pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Spring onion, tomato. Spring onion. Fucking hell, she branched out a bit there. <laughs> Spicy. I might be wrong with that. <laughs> I gave my, I thought, because my dad, I've gave, I was speaking about him earlier, I did him a grave disservice. You know, yeah, he was an angry man and there was a lot of shit you had to deal with. He's a very, he's a very lovely man, but he's insecure and there's other shit going on. And But he's a, when he, but he's a, he's also been blinding, my dad. And, um, what was I going with this? So, but yeah, so when he was a teenager, he hitchhiked from, from England to Morocco. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, him and his mate Dick, and they just went, just went off and they hitchhiked all the way to Morocco. And I'm like, that is an amazing story. But then he got, I think when he had kids, he had to, he, I think he felt he had to be a certain way. Right. As he got, as they got older, mum and they go off traveling all the time. Right. Now they're both retired. They go off all over the place. Mum wasn't a fan of India. Right, it's a bit too busy, she says. But they go, but they go. That's brilliant. But they go, yeah. But yeah, but I they came they came down to have uh, lunch with me, and I made them smashed avocado with lime and feta cheese in it and basil. Right. And I thought oh, they'll love this bit of sourdough. Honestly, it was like I'd given them a plate of dicks. They just <laughs> they just yeah. went, no, I, I can't eat that. I mean, I thought you. We'd be well up for this. No. But what did I eat in Morocco I, then? What did oh your dad God, eat when God, he was in well, this is it. This is it. He must have had all manner of amazing things, but yeah. smashed avocado, he wouldn't That's have it. Bit, maybe he was. Maybe it was the fact I made it and it made him feel right. Oh, maybe he felt possible, it? Yeah, yeah. But I'll oh, bless him for doing that then. Yeah, they still get that. about. They still travel. No, my mum was, she's just, just, you know, I mean, she came to Edinburgh a couple of years ago when I was up there. And... Uh, it was tricky and then there was one day when I just thought you know going back to time I thought right I've got my show I've got to get her you know you know, she's not as mobile as she might be you know she's brilliant but not as much as she might be she's 93 at the time yeah. two or whatever it was so I've, you know, I've got to get home make her a dinner and all that and get out to my show and I don't want to be in a panic and stress so I said I'll tell you what I don't even going to have time to make your dinner tonight we, mm. there's places here we'll go to somewhere here oh what where <laughs> what have they got you know it's a oh, strange no. thing you would think be nice, you know, nice treat. It'd be like, you know, like the tapes to 
to the uh, lefty Elvis Costello man. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, just, oh, okay. All right, we could eat out. That'd be nice. What? Just instant distrust. I see yeah, her calling yeah. up. What? No, I don't trust. It's something different. I don't trust it. And what have they got? I said, well, there's a Turkish. But Turkish! <laughs> there's, not, there's not a single, if I could, there's not any, no, no. you know, name a country in the world, Mauritius, <laughs> anything, Iceland. <laughs> what? 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 You know, I wanted to go, yeah. what country would have made you happy, Mum? If I'd said a yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Paraguayan place. Oh, now I like Paraguayan food. <laughs> you eat live monkeys I'm going to go just, just so what have they got there right rice I don't like rice learn to like rice it's the staple diet of 90% of the world you brought up in the middle of China and you didn't like rice you'd have to walk 8,000 miles to the nearest place that didn't like rice so so uh, oh god which would have been Dover yeah <laughs> yeah I don't, and it's you know and I remember as a, it, and that's sort of and of course, I you know you sort of let a year old, don't you? Look back to your youth and you think, how did that shape me? You know, yes. the things I do. What is that a reaction against? That is it? Is it that I've taken some of that with me? Um, but yeah, yeah, my mum had that, and I, it's just and what I, I honestly sort of am puzzled by it because I think like they they were faced with Hitler, yeah. they defeated him. That was quite in all of the things that flowed from that about social life and all we yep. know about what it meant about uh, you know Americans that were over here that's obviously the cliche but you know I, I mean it's fascinating how it uh, the impact it had on gay society for example you know oh, yeah. war with with you know in all sorts of ways you know what it meant and living in a society where you were faced with the genuine possibility of a bloody doodle bug landing on your house yeah, at any point. Yeah, 40,000 yeah. people killed in the, in the Blitz, all of that sort of thing, the numbers that went off and never come back and all of that, that extraordinary life. And and yet then that generation came back and came back and they were a confident working class, it, which yeah. is why society had to respond to that. And you had the elf service and the long boom of things getting better, things it just felt to people, right, we're getting a bit better off yeah. each passing year. And the difference between 1945 and 60, or certainly between 1939 and 60, is immense. Yeah. Far bigger than the changes we've been through. People having vacuum cleaners, phones, probably not at 60, but 1970, most people had a phone, That's right. television, yeah. a car, probably a little bit after that. But it just felt That's real right, yeah. It always, it always improving, changes, yeah. You know? And yet, alongside that, when for so many people, certainly my mum and dad, this sort of, they sort of just got into this world where they just sat there night after night and it was very, you know, I found it very frustrating as a mm. kid and thinking, oh, yeah. I think a lot of it, I think that's where punk came from. It was sort of, isn't there more a life than yes. just all get a job as a plumber and yeah. then you'll go, oh, job for life sort of that's thing. That's it. Oh, um, that would yeah. be a demand, a yeah. job for life, wouldn't it? Now, <laughs> of course so, it would, with all yeah, the instability. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is made by Dark Horse Digital. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production. But I remember, yeah, when I was a kid, it was, no one ever mentioned university. No one ever mentioned, the only, only, only thing, it was like, you're just going to get a job. I'm like, all right, what job? Any job. Doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 There's yeah. no talk of career. It was just, you get a job. And then, that, so what you're going to do, you're going to get a job, and then you'll get somewhere nice to live, a little place of your own. Yeah. And then you'll meet someone, you yeah. know, and then you'll have kids. Yeah. And then you'll do the same as what we're doing. And then they'll do the same as what you're doing. And the the thought of that just made me so angry. I'm like, yeah. I can't, I don't want to do this. But that was, and that's why I it, I spent all those years before I became a comedian just thinking I was getting it wrong. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not, I, I've got, I had kids when I was 20 and then I was like, so I, I gave it a go. Like, all right, okay, yeah, all right. That's what I've been told. Got a job. Right, I'm driving a van. I'm delivering furniture. All right, okay, right. I've got the kids. Right, we've got a nice place to live. But it just didn't feel, mm. didn't feel right. No, it's and funny, so I isn't struggled it? with it for years. Yeah, and then felt I'd let everyone down because you know I gave it a go, but it didn't work. Do you find you still sort of there's still a bit of you that wants to be like fit in, or have you just I think injected that now? Not now. Not now. When I when I go around to people's houses of people that are they've, it feels to me like they've given up. Like they, right. their houses are art. They're all the things that you're supposed to have. Yeah. In these houses, yeah, they've glass all glass cabinet with all the it's all yeah. In that, yeah. But see, I, there's a bit of me when I if I'm sort of I I definitely still got the thing of like I want I want to be thought of as good mm. and uh, and so I, I don't I, there's there's still a bit of me that is. That is like that. That wants to be sort wants of to like, fit in and yes, be well accepted. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. You know, there's still a bit of the residue of that. Right. Then I, you know, I spoil that slightly by going on stage and screaming and yelling. <laughs> and fucking <laughs> fucking talking fridge. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but you know, like when the when the respect, I want to be sort of you know when the neighbours come round and that I want to be the respectable oh, one. I don't yeah. want them to sort of go. Um, you know, I, I'm. You know, when they're sort of going, yes, it was all a bit, um, a bit much here the other day. You know, I don't, I don't yeah, want to be the person well, who's right. in trouble. I don't no. want to be in, you know, it's strange, really. I know what you mean about that. I mean, I don't want to be 
yeah, I don't want to be the noisy neighbour or the one that sticks out too much. But at the same time, I don't want to be these people. I don't want to. I have a, I have a real aversion to garden centres. And oh, do you? Yeah, oh God, yeah. I just, I just see the every every time I've been to a garden centre, it just reeks of sadness. Like they're just trundling around with their, tr- and they're just uh, a bit oh, Stepford boys. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to. I want to. I feel. My dad said this. He goes, "You never want to keep still, do you? You want to?" He said, "Even when you come round, he goes, you stand in the, you stand by the door, and you watch Telly standing up." All oh, right. I feel. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm always yeah, moving, yeah. keeping no, going. No, I know that would. I think too much of that would. Uh, um, yeah, I don't mind a garden centre for for. 15 minutes or something yeah, if you know what you're going to get but I can't go wandering around there I've got a mate who's lovely a, a woman mate who's, who's lovely but then we have the, for years I've known her and she'll sort of go uh, oh now we have this conversation really again <laughs> quite honestly she'll go oh now it's quick exciting because we're sort of um, like us you know um, we're we're sort of talking about getting new floor in the hallway and I've sort of seen this parquet flooring that I really like and then I'll go. I've glazed over. With you. you lost me you at lost floor. Me, you know, I'm dreaming of all sort of things. The average length of a fish finger. Anything really. Rather than listen to that shit. To be honest with you, and I was she, hoping we, I was hoping I'd just quite, die. Yeah, we're quite. And then she's like, oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, my ex-wife, beautiful woman, fantastic woman. But she always had that. She wanted to get her, she wanted somewhere to live and have her own place. And she had all these ideas of how it was going to be. And she's always talked about floors and all manner of stuff. And I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get into it. I couldn't, I didn't want that life of, yeah. and it's probably something to do with my childhood or something somewhere. It wasn't anything to do with her. She's a brilliant woman. And, and I, I, I wish, I wish I'd been more, I do wish I'd been more of the person that she wanted. Yeah. You know, talking about pots in the garden, and and she, cause she, the house we had was amazing. She got this all this decking in the garden, and it was in Charlton, so it was all lovely and it's brilliant. But I just couldn't get into it. It just yeah. turned my. I just used to be horrified if I was looking at curtains or carpet samples. Oh I right, like, oh, no, I can, yeah. I can, I can just about, you know, I don't, if it if it becomes. If it becomes the main thing in life, then, yeah. I'm, then I'm... I think that's what it was, yeah. I'm running yeah. up the street, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. no, that can't There's be... more than that. That can't yeah. be the, the main thing. But, you know, on the other end, I think... I mean, but then, see, when I, when I left home, I was... Uh, I don't know where... I think I was in probably quite a bad way because I was sort of... I, I moved up to uh, Crystal Palace yeah. when I was 19. I hated living at home. My dad was in the home and everything was just awful. And, you know, my mum, yeah, I don't know, it was just horrible. Mm. And I, I, I had to move out. And I had a mate who, from Swanley who moved up to Crystal Palace and he lived in a squat. And so I moved up there with, as an opportunity to get out anywhere. Yeah. And, it, and it, this, is, this is something that I, I really, really remember this, how quickly you can go downhill mm. because... I was working in an office. It was a job I hated, but I was working. Then I got the sack. And then I left and I went to live in this squat. And in a matter of weeks, I'd gone, I'd become someone who got up at one in the afternoon. I was living on a, in a sleeping bag on a mattress in this bare room. Jesus. And then getting up at one in the afternoon, 
at the earliest, mm. drinking tea and rolling splits, yeah. incapable of the slightest task, <laughs> and uh, and then just sort of, and this was in weeks, and then you just sort of, you just drop out of everything, yeah, don't you? Yeah, and you really you then have to go, oi! Takes you know, effort, but it yeah. really takes, so I sort of, when you see people who've got in a state, and then they get the drugs or the beer or whatever takes over, I think, yeah, we've all, you know, we're, we're all of us capable of, of getting, of, of heading in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Really, yeah. it really was quick. And these squats were mad. And that was the normal <laughs> thing to be like that. Yeah. Then. So then when you're in that world, Really, really, everyone was just like, yeah, was a mess. Like that. Yeah. And there'd be, you know, people knock on the door at two in the morning. I remember I had a mate staying and he couldn't believe it. And it made me think, oh, right, is this unusual? Thing? <laughs> a bloke knocked on the door. And he's going, Who's that? Like anyone normal? Who's knocking on the door at two in the morning? I don't know. And it was a bloke called Shitty, I think his name And he went, Oh, he went literally. He did talk like this. He didn't even know who I was. He was just knocking on the door because there was a door. Yeah. And he, he went, oh, I really need some peanut butter. <laughs> I said, oh, I don't think I've got any. Oh, man, I need some peanut butter. Like, now, you know what I mean? And my mate was saying he was listening to this. And he went, Is that normal here for people to knock on the door at two in the morning? I said, and I was looking at him like, yeah, yeah. Well, I've done the dirt well, around done, yours. Yeah, what's that with you? And it was, and it was and, oh, this is how out of their tree people were. It was, a, and I'm glad my mate, who I still see today, and we often talk about this, and I'm glad because otherwise both of us would think we'd made it up. Bloke knocked on the door. <laughs> we were both there, complete stranger, and he went. Uh, uh, I said, "What is it, mate?" He said, "Have you got a wardrobe?" <laughs> I said, what? What, spare? Yeah. <laughs> I said, what do you want a wardrobe for? He went, I need somewhere to put me owl. I'm not going to help you, mate. Oh, oh now you're the cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts there, but that was just, it was sort of, it was normal, and yeah. I was there for two years, Jesus you know. So Christ. you start, and then, but I got a job and everything. Yeah. And I remember I, yeah. saying, I remember actually saying to me, I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss, you know, when people have depression or anything like that. I'm saying it, it, so you just pull yourself together or any of that nonsense. I'm, I'm not for a moment saying that, but um, you know, I didn't have depression or anything like that. But I, I was sort of just in this lethargy mm. and I remember thinking I have to get out of this yeah. consciously and I thought I'm going to start getting up at I don't know whatever time it was half past seven or something I'm going to have to, every morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something even if it's I'm going to go up the library I'm going to read a whole book or something yeah. like that or I'm going to walk eight miles or something so that every day I've done something yeah. and then I just got I, I sort of started to just drag myself out of that it's hard that as well, mess. isn't it? Yeah. But it's like you're you're the same as me. I got into that. There were these. We were, we were doing a lot of acid. But around about it's about about thirty years ago now. And we befriended these this woman. This woman used to hang around with us in the pub, the White Hart in Alpington. We ended up going to hers one night to have a party, and then we didn't leave for weeks. Right. Yeah. Just stayed yeah, in her flat. Yeah. And then we all fell out with her. We moved into her neighbours. <laughs> 
and we all just <laughs> carried on the party in there. Yeah, for ages. I bet just that taking did, S in. Oh, did that wonders for the price of the property. The property values in Orpington are just soaring. There's this wonderful scheme where these where these heads just turn up and they just live there. It's marvelous. It's a marvelous feature. Oh God, we really and we trashed the front room because we painted it right. in all these fluorescent colours. That when you put the dark light on, the, the you could see it in the dark. So you put this black light on it, it would all glow in the dark. So we're all off our heads on acid. And, right. And then, so we trashed her flat and then went next door because we'd all fallen out. To and a third place? No, that's, so we went to that. was the oh. first one we painted it. And then we all fell out with her. We went next door to a girl called Nikki. Ended up staying with her for a bit. And again, it was like you, you get to a point, you go, this isn't, this is yes. mad. What are we doing? So we got, I was going, I was got that Croydon wide training place. I was still going to that. Right. So we'd had Christmas off. And then I remember January rolled around and we were still in this flat. And then I just, one day I just went, I've got to go, I've got to go college. And I went, ah, fuck it, stay yeah, in. Yeah, and I went, yeah, no, yeah. I have to go. So the same. I just had this in me where I knew I have you've to got, go. You've got to get out yeah. of there. I, mean, I was sort of working in this uh, uh, at London Transport. It's the longest job I ever had. It was mm. a normal job. Uh, London Transport just in the in this office up in um, next to West Kensington Underground. Yeah. Lily Bridge Depot it was. And there was an office. And I had absolutely nothing to do. These forms had come in and I had to copy all the details off the form onto a different form and send it back. I never oh, explained God. to me why. And it used to take me about half an hour and I'd done it. And I just, anything to try and ease the boredom. I, I invented a game. I had a sort of like a round pencil sharpener, but it wasn't quite round. Right. And if you rolled it, it went in a sort of arc. And I used to put these two sort of paper clips at one end of the desk. And I could roll it like from one corner, and it would go from and in an arc straight through, <laughs> like a like a golf yeah. putting on a really difficult green. Then it would go round, and I could impress people with it. I was like, well, if they had this in the Olympics, I'm fucking nailed on gold. What a roll from steel! <laughs> Boom! I, I went... was so bored. I learned the entire underground map. I could, I could draw the underground map. From from memory. every station, absolutely how bored I was, and um, and then the people there, they were all very much sort of people who just went home every night and watched mm. the television and never went anywhere. And I'm still living at the squats at this time, and there was a Satanist whose house we used to go round. And one night we were around there, and he was playing some I don't know bloody Iron Maiden or something. It's probably a bit before that White Snake or something. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of music <laughs> and he's decided to get this axe right oh, and God. he's just going whack and he's whacking the the walls with his axe and me and my mate again my mate who I still see we're sort of sitting and having a spliff just sort of you know Rob's gone mad with the axe <laughs> and then, bang with his axe and he's gone through the cable and the whole electric oh, shit <laughs> and the music stopped all the lights went out and I met the thing is I, re my, I just remember us all going Shit. I just I just remember us all going uh, and then we'll go home then. And we just sort of got up we just got up and left we didn't go yeah. we're fucking mad Satanist with an axe uh, we just got home and then that was you know, the next day if anyone had said did you do anything last night really uh -huh. 
Oh, yeah. Rob with an axe. <laughs> kind of. He's lucky he didn't blow himself through the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the next day, after about four hours sleep as usual, I'm in a London transport office, and the woman behind me, Connie, I think her name was, went, oh, she said, um, uh, did you do anything last night, Bob? And Bob behind me went, well, I'll tell you what, whatever his wife's name is, Elsie, whatever, um, we decided to have gravy, but with a bit of onion actually in the gravy instead of pouring the gravy on the onion she made the gravy with the onion in the oh, gravy God. oh did you well I've not well we might try that and I was sitting there thinking <laughs> oh, I was round of mouth and bloke going oh Lucifer <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't think they'd bring it up <laughs> funny you should say that because when it comes to things that we've not done before I was round a, a squat where a Satanist went berserk with an axe and severed the cable. And all the lights went out and he thought it was a sign that the Prince of Darkness was coming to consume us all in a fireball of evil. So we both did things we've never done before. <laughs> Just better times, weren't they? <laughs> you don't get stories like that anymore. People are too busy worrying about their deposit. Oh, but I don't sort of, I don't in any way look down. I'd hate that. I wouldn't want to in any way look down on people going to the garden centre. No, of course not. No, no, no. I don't want to be one of these people like, oh man, you want to loosen up or anything like that. I perfectly, oh, that's, and in a way I I envy it. It uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be so, but not easy because it's made hard and people, most people are creative. They've got something in them. They feel probably frustrated because they'd like to be a, poet or something and there's no Absolutely. outlet for it yeah. and and they're just denied that partly because school doesn't encourage that and then because work just consumes them and now because life's so bloody hard I mean somehow or other in the last 10-15 years with all of these extraordinary technological innovations the working week's got longer the amount of disposable time at the end of the week is less as yeah. a result people have less money most people now That's than right. 10 years ago and oh, oh. I know we've got more but we've got less which is weird do you know what I mean like we've got more yeah, things it's, it's been siphoned off to a handful of you know a, a little clique at the top of society who are you know, yeah. trying to make it even more like that at the moment so it, it's I don't in any way I wouldn't in any way want to sort of like act as if you know give the impression that uh, you know people like us are somehow creative and therefore yeah. above someone who's Absolutely. working in a, yeah. in a in a call center or something far no far from it i know you know that oh god yeah yeah, yeah. Well, just because i look at it and go oh i couldn't do that yeah yeah like you just said i don't i don't look at people and go you fucking idiots no geez absolutely no, not no, no you know no no not at all and uh but uh, yeah, but it, it comes at a price, doesn't it? Cause yeah, yeah. Around a bloody, around a bloody twist. <laughs> well, there is that, and there, and even though like we talked about earlier, and you were saying, do you do you worry about not fitting in? It's about thinking about it now. I suppose there is a bit of me, not not wants to fit in, but it just, it, it, I think I wouldn't, because I, I feel bad sometimes because of the way I am. Like we talked about, uh, like being not being able to think straight and yeah. all I worry about is getting to gigs and, and, and my life being a bit odd and so yeah I wish I had a bit more stability 
Yeah, I think. No, I, yeah. I saw. But then, strangely, I think we've probably now got more. You know, when I was a when I was a kid, I remember being mum and dad. You know, my my cousin, who was a lovely man, actually, a really really lovely man, him and his wife, and uh, um, delightful. And he worked in a bank and stuff. And I remember my mum all that. My mum and dad always oh, got a job in a bank, stable, good. That the epitome of everything that was yeah. that was wonderful. You know, a bank stable, and. Uh, and then it would have been, you know, if my dad had been commentary enough to have these sorts of thoughts, he would uh, then, I'm sure, be going, really? Comedy? What's the matter with you? Mm. You want to get a job with a bit of stability in it? No stability in that at all, is it? You don't know from one... But now, I think our job's probably more stable, with all the instability, it's more stable than anyone else. Yeah. Most yeah. jobs now, there's very few jobs now where you can say, the odds are I'll be here next year. Yeah, you never know. You Everything's never know, unstable. Yeah. So, uh, you know, get yourself, never mind, bloody, you want to get yourself out of that factory and get yourself, start telling some jokes. <laughs> and at least you know where you're going to be from one day to the next. <laughs> That's right, buy them paints, paint that picture, yeah, write yeah. that poem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, but I think it's the other side of it that it attracts people who are sort of, not quite fitting in. I think that's again. I, I wouldn't want to you know go. Oh, we're some sort of superior beings no, of or anything. Not. Far, far from it. You know, but um, I do sort of think when you know because now so many people are trying to be comics, aren't they? And you so you know when I when I first started, if you said you were a comic, you was like saying you were an astronaut. <laughs> but now, <laughs> you know, now that you meet someone in the co-op, and they go, oh my. My sister-in-law yeah. started doing stand-up comedy. That's it. Yeah, you, know, you go in the bank and go, uh, "Where's Where's Alf? Who used to work here? Oh, he's doing stand-up. <laughs> uh, he's doing a show in Edinburgh. Yeah, <laughs> about, about his time in the bank, about the decline of the checkbook. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, everyone's doing it. But I think, okay, that's that's great. Do you do it the same way? I, I, I for most people. Do it the same way I play cricket. I'm fucking awful at it, but I love doing it. I yeah. love doing it. I would never have the dedication or the ability, for that matter, but, but to, to do it any... I've never had anything like the ability to be able to do it, anything approaching properly and professionally, but it's a thing I love yeah. doing or playing, you know, football, table tennis, whatever. It's these dark things I play. And then... Um, and then that's that's fine. I think the trouble is so many people starting stand up thinking, oh yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get on telly. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be famous. Yeah, yeah. And that's a no. Do it because do it's, your... it's a lot. I remember I did. There was down at the Caroline in Brun, uh, Carolina Brunswick, lovely little tatty place, a heavy metal pub with a room upstairs, which is uh, they love comedy and they put gigs on there. Yeah, and I know. I it. went down. I just went round there and and watched uh, three or four people one night. And there was this lovely fella. He was in his late sixties. And I was talking to him afterwards, and he said, "Well, I retired, and my wife said to me, you used to do these talks. He would, he used to do talks about yeah. how to operate in the office or something. And he said, you used to do these talks. Why don't you have a little go at stand-up comedy? So I've written some jokes, and uh, I love it. Gets me out of the house, gets me out from under her feet twice a week, you know. And I thought, that's brilliant. If stand-up yeah. can start to be like that... You know, and you can go and do it, and you've not got all the stress, and you're not going to worry. That yeah, you're not reliant you're on not, it. You're thinking, oh, yeah. am I going to get an agent? You're just thinking, this is a thing I enjoy doing, That's and it. I love yeah. doing it. That's 
brilliant yeah. if it could be like that. I think I know who you're talking about. His name David. I can't I don't know. Grey hair with a moustache. Yeah. Yes. Lovely guy. What a lovely guy. I can't man. remember his name, David something. But and yeah, then afterwards sweetheart. he said, anyway, I said, are you hanging about? He said, I'll have to hang about a little bit because my son's coming here. He's got a van and he's bringing me a fridge. <laughs> what stand-up should be. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? And yeah. that's, you know, and I think, because you think sport is like that. We play football. That's right. No, we don't have any. No, there's no you aspirations. Know, you've got to be a total. I'd have to be a total <laughs> idiot to think that I was somehow on a sort of level with <laughs> people playing <laughs> in the Premier League. <laughs> but a pair of us just stood at the back most of the time. Yeah. They're just I love me and you in defence. I do. Yeah. I, I, I think this is the thing as well. A lot of people, they want to be up front, they all want yeah. a headline. But they don't realise. <laughs> yeah, solid, yeah, solid MC right. work at the back. That's right. That's that they what want. makes it. Yeah. No, no, I love it. And he's and um, and I think you know, I don't know. I think it's sort of. Um, I think it's probably like any pursuit in a way. You can get even if you're even if you've got a real ability for it, you can rush through the early stages. Yeah. And you can get maybe through the open spot stages and all that, and that, but then you will eventually hit a point where, oh Christ, this is going to be all consuming. I have got to spend all my time doing this. That's it. And yeah. unless, uh, if I'm going to get really, really going to do it full time, and then unless you have got that bug, you're just going to be too sensible, and that's a good thing. Yes, you're going to be too stable and not crazy enough to, <laughs> to, to get go, into this to mess get into this mess you know and just do it now and again when your son's bringing a fridge oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a lovely way to finish <laughs> thank you for coming down Mark oh thank you it's been lovely oh, very it's lovely yeah. lovely thank you mate Point. Yes, have a pint. We go yes. that we go around the Holy Arms. Excellent. Coming around the Holy yes. Arms? Yeah, yeah. Got time. Yeah, yeah. That's what we do. Just gonna press stop. Insane in the membrane. So there you have it, Mr. Mark Steele. What a wonderful man. And lovely to hear someone with a similar accent to my own who has got his head around what the hell is going on in this fucking world. Um, thank you again for listening. Really appreciate your support. Again, get on the iTunes, drop us a five-star review, uh, a five-star rating, and drop us a, a message if you wish, and I'll give you a shout-out on the show. Uh, until next time, take care of yourselves. I'll see you later. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production. <laughs> 